Well, hello, everybody. Uh, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Tom Santilli. This is the Film Survivor podcast that you are listening to. And we are now through episode six of Survivor Ghost Island. Uh, yeah, so what are you guys thinking of the episode? Um, give me your comments and let's talk about it. Let's get into it here. Uh, quick spoiler alert. As always, I'm going to be talking to the person voted off of the show yesterday night. I'm taping this on Thursday. So if you do not want to be spoiled or whatever, or haven't read the headline of this podcast and are just blindly clicking along, uh, pause it now, come back to it later, because we are going to dig into the episode and uh, into the you know talk about the person that was voted out of the episode. So with that being said, uh, yeah. I'm going to be joined today by James Lim, the uh, the sixth person voted out of Survivor Ghost Island. We are suddenly uh, just about at the halfway mark of the season. It's hard to believe. But, uh, yeah, we're about halfway through Ghost Island, and uh, I'd like to know your thoughts. You know, hopefully you guys are following my stuff on uh, realitytea.com. That's realitytea.com. I cover Survivor for them. I do uh, recaps. My recap this week came out this morning a little bit late than normal uh, just because I had some cable issues last night. So I had to catch up on Survivor this morning, in fact. So it's fresh in my head. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? So, you know, we had this, uh, the, the big, I guess the big thing this week was the, uh, you know, the new tribe shakeup. It's the second one we had. Uh, we now have three tribes of five, or we did going into this episode anyway. And... It came in a good time, I think. It, I mean, there was really, we were getting into some predictable uh, stretches of episodes, and uh, we needed a shake-up. We needed one badly. And we got one, uh, but unfortunately for us, the way that it shook up kind of uh, sucked some of the drama out of what could have been. What I mean by that is, uh, as Probe said on the show, you know, the new three tribes, all with five people, the way it got split up somehow was for three original uh, purple tribe people, as I call them, whatever, Veniti, is that it? I don't even know. Uh, who knows tribe names anyway these days, except for Malolo, which we're going to talk about. But, uh, so you had, you have three original purple and two original orange on each of the tribes, which, you know, kind of puts the old Malolo at a disadvantage. Malolo, the show, you know, being all about curses and reversing the curse, uh, I thought Michael said it best this episode. You know, he 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 kind of said he's like, "Hey, man, this this season is supposed to be about reversing the curse, not not creating new ones." And it sure seems like the Malolo tribe is cursed. They've now been to five tribal councils out of the six episodes that we've seen, uh, and it's just gonna be tough. I mean, part of the game. I mean, people underestimate. You know, they're, they're so into strategy and all these other things. They underestimate the uh, the uh, the importance of winning early. You know, not only is it almost impossible to to survive all of these tribal councils, like Michael, holy crap, some small miracle that this guy is still in the game after being, you know, still here after five tribal councils. We'll get back to him in a minute, but it is just, it, it's difficult, you know, it's, it's hard to uh, go long in the game, because even if you do survive all these things, like Michael's going to, you know, possibly make the merge after all this, but then who are you left with? You know, I guess it depends on the circumstances, depends on the season. You know, they could, those one or two people that do survive Malolo might end up being the big swing boats that somehow, you know, get themselves further in the game. But it's just a lot, uh, a, a lot to go on. And then from a standpoint of, I don't really like to see the same people at Tribal Council all the time. 
So for that, to me, it's kind of a drag. But uh, it is what it is at this point. And yeah, Malola lost again, even despite having that massive lead. Uh, Desi uh, did great through the blindfolding portion of the challenge and then got to the puzzle and just they had a meltdown. Maybe there's a curse. Maybe there is there a Malolo curse. Uh, I'm going to ask James a little bit about his thoughts on curses and that sort of thing, if he buys into that kind of stuff uh, when we talk to him here in a few minutes. Uh, what else did we have here today, though? You know, Other than that, it, it kind of ended up being predictable in the sense that, you know, again, that with the 3-2 split, we did see one of the two go home. You know, James ended up going home. Kellen... Desi and Angela all ultimately decided to stick with her, you know, other tribe or her original tribe, I should say. I don't think that's a bad choice for Angela. Angela, to me at this point, is striking me as the kind of player that, you know, she doesn't seem to have the ability to form those really close social bonds with some of these people out there. Uh, and so she has a little bit of loyalty to her original tribe just because they're her original tribe, but she strikes me as the kind of person that could go deep into this game because people know that nobody's going to really vote for her to win. Nobody feels connected to Angela in a way that would make them vote for her to win the game. So, I mean, I think it was the right choice for her to vote out James because to flip isn't going to do you anything either. You know, Angela is just kind of seen as a, as a number by both sides right now. So why flip and, uh, you know, kind of you know, piss off everybody that is, you know, at least a little bit with you at this point. So, but then you got to ask yourself, you know, with Kellen really running the show over there, why, why James, uh, why not Michael? She's clearly seen Michael play. She sees how savvy this kid is with, uh, you know, socially, strategically, physically, somehow, some way she, uh, this guy's still in the game. So I don't know if maybe they're a little closer, you know, even though he is on the minority tribe, he did spend some time in the game now. He's been in the, you know, several days with, uh, you know, with Desi and with Kellen. So maybe just the, the, the strangeness of, of James, you know, not having been close with James or not having been in the game with James made that an easier vote this week. But we shall have to see where things go. We're now down to 14 people in the game. I want to speak a little bit too about how about, how about Ghost Island? Uh, I'm officially ready to call the, the theme of Ghost Island a bust. The, or the idea of Ghost Island as a tool in the game, you know, the actual physical Ghost Island. We're, again, we're, we're almost halfway through this season, and Ghost Island resulted in the legacy advantage so far in this game, uh, which I have gone on record as saying is I think it's one of the lamest or lamer. Uh, you know, it's not Medallion of Power lame, but it's, it's pretty lame in the fact that it only is important on the two weeks that it can be played. Other than that, it's kind of useless. Uh, that's all Ghost Island has given us through six episodes. Uh, I mean, I would have expected more. We didn't even go to Ghost Island this episode, and it was just kind of, an, again, just like an afterthought. It has not played into the game. We are at 14, though, now, which means that after next week's episode, the following week, that will be the week when we're at 13, uh, where that legacy advantage will come into play. And it could also be the merge episode, because that's usually around the time when we start looking at the merge. So that's really all I have on this episode. I mean, again, it was kind of predictable. I like James. Uh, sorry to see him go, but, you know, it's great to be a good person, but being a good person doesn't really get you too far in the game that often. <laughs> so I like James. We're going to talk a lot about uh, uh, his experience in the game, though, so stick around here. Uh, and afterward, 
Stick around after the interview because we're going to preview next week's episode a little bit. And then I'm also, I got some big personal news I'm going to share with everybody about some stuff with my uh, my professional career that I'd like to talk to you guys about. So I'm going to do that at the end of the, uh, on the back end of the uh, interview here. So let's get into it. Here is my interview with James Lim, uh, sixth person voted out of Survivor Ghost Island. And please be sure to make sure that you are following me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. There's also a Facebook page, the Film Survivor Podcast, and make sure you're reading my written recaps on realitytea.com. All right, there you go. Here's my interview with James. Hello. James, what's up, man? Uh, uh, hang in there. But <laughs> it's been a long night. Yeah, I was going to say, so how, how is that? How painful is it to watch back? I mean, a lot of us don't realize the, the weight that you guys have in between when it actually happens and when you have to watch it play out on television. What, what is that like, uh, kind of reliving everything? Uh, it does feel, it, it does bring back all the, all the pain and all the memories. Um, you know, it's, it's not a fun experience to go through, but at the same time, over the last you know, 12 hours or so, all the uh, support and love that I've been getting from like my castmates and fans and stuff, it's, it's been great. So uh, it's easing the pain a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, after almost what nine, ten months of waiting, uh, I'm officially <laughs> out of Survivor, and it hurts. Yeah, here comes the therapy sessions, right? And at this point, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was cheering for you, man. You know, you were definitely one. I, I was, I was rooting for out there. Uh, you know, last night's tribal council. You know, you you called it a blindside when you were out there too. You know, what do you what do you uh, think happened exactly, and, and who do you blame most for what happened? Um, so it's a blindside in the sense that, like, I knew I was one of the main targets going in. Like, I was on the minority in every way you cut it. So it was with the worst slot possible for me. But I had thought that I had uh, flipped Angela pretty successfully. And so I was expecting or hoping for a 3 2 vote for Desiree. And so that's kind of like where the reaction came from. And I guess, like, if I were to have one person, uh, it would probably be uh, Kellen. You know, I, I think she was the one that was on the other end of Angela against me, playing this tug of war game. And she was able to keep Angela OG to be strong. Uh, but in that sense, kind of like my my game plan and Kellen's game plan uh, went head to head over that tribal. And at the end, I think the you know the factors like me just the Molos being outnumbered and me and also Michael having had the chance to bond with Ed and Kellen on Malolo before I arrived. So it's all these things came together uh, to kind of result in the, the blind, I guess the quote unquote blind side. <laughs> So, you know, there was a lot of talk this season, obviously, about the curses, you know, reversing the curse and, and things like that. Is that something that you buy into normally? Is that something you buy into out on the island? Do you think that Malolo was just cursed and, and that's the end of it? Or what do you think in that whole idea? Well, absolutely not. Like, uh, we had a little bit of a conversation about that as well after the blindfold challenge. Like, I, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. Um and, you know, the fact of the matter is Malola has lost pretty much everything, but it happened over the course of two swaps and three different, you know, combinations of Malolo. Uh, and I, I was the kind of guy to uh, come back to the beach and say, you know, like, there's a specific reason why we lost, but I really don't believe that we are cursed. And I think we have what it takes to, you know, get through this tribal and get through the next challenge and get to the merge together. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, you know, I was I was kind of like uh, blowing the horn of the anti-curse, let's say. <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, turns out that the Malolo curse is stronger than my uh, it was stronger than my efforts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and I wanted to talk to you too about Michael. Uh, you know, is he closer than we might think with you know with Cullen and Desi? I know that he's an original Malolo, but the fact that he spent a little bit more time in the game with them than you did, do you feel like that? like hurt you your chances as far as why they decided to vote you out instead of Michael? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, I really got to bond with Angela, you know, ever since the Morgan tribal, and also Kellen over the short three days we had together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, felt that, yes, Michael had a, a deeper bond with them, just, uh, you know, because of the sheer kind of, like, number of days he had with them. And especially with Des, it's like I think I bonded with Kellen a lot, and Michael bonded with Des a lot. But I think you know, if I'm coming from their perspective, they just know where Michael lies better than where they, uh, you know, how to be. And Michael has shown this like willingness to just like abandon everything and just beg for his survival. And that mindset I think continued with the flop because Michael felt like, okay, like, I'm with James, but we're outnumbered again. This really sucks. I'm just gonna go back to survival mode, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like, it, it hurts, but, again, like, it's just nothing personal, you know. It's, it's a game, and he made the, the choice to save himself. Um, and that death glare was to Michael, but it was more of one with a, a shy disappointment and not, like, I'm going to kill you, that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> in your in your bio on CBS, um, you had mentioned, like, uh, Yule Kwan as kind of being somebody that you admired on the show uh, and you had also wanted to kind of set like a positive example for Asian Americans on, on television. Uh, are, are these kind of like larger themes? Are these kinds of things um, on your mind when you're actually playing the game and in the game, uh, you know, versus, you know, what you're thinking, like once you're outside of the game uh, and, and kind of how talk about that a little bit in terms of how that, uh, you know, how that was on your mind or was it at all? Yeah, um, it really was. It, I mean, it's something that means a lot to me, kind of like the fact that I'm representing, you know, Asian Americans as the, the sole, you know, person of the minority group on television. But I will say, like, and I've, stayed, I've stuck with this my whole life, like, it's not a burden to me, to be honest. Like, I just want to get out there and show my best self. Mm-hmm. And I have full faith that if I do that, then it'll be, you know, like a wholesome chance to represent all Asian Americans out there. And so for me, like, there was a, Confessional that I wish were shown, but on day, I think, 16 or something, um, I spoke with a producer on the beach and talking about how, like, I hope to show, like, my fellow, you know, Asian-Americans, first-generation Americans, or, like, all Americans that mm-hmm. the American dream and that, you know, my story hopefully can tell everyone that, like, the concept of the American dream is far from dead and we are still a land of opportunities and really meant that. And, um, and I think, you know, looking back, I hope that I was able to partially achieve that, that goal of bringing some positive representation. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, setting that all aside, I, I don't think it was something that was conscious in my mind. It was more a, a natural thing that I, I've always done. Okay. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, you, you seem like you were portrayed as a very stand-up guy and a very loyal guy. Is that... Um... Would we have seen? Is there is there things that you wouldn't have done in the game? Like had you been in the game longer, would we have seen a side of you where you're you know capable of you know playing that cutthroat game of Survivor where you're lying or doing things like that that are you know hurting people more personally? 
Yeah, so um, I think I briefly talked about it in press as well. Like, I would not have, let's say, like, sworn on my, my parents or my sister. I wouldn't have made, like, those deep lies that really hurt you once you realize you've been blindsided. But, hey, like, you know, like, uh, for the Morgan Tribal, like, I light up, I light straight to the faces of Wendell and Dominic all day long, and I had fun doing it, you know, it's part of the game. But I think the fundamental difference comes from, do you do it from a place of, like, mutual respect? Mm-hmm. Or legitimately, I want to hurt you as much as possible, and I think, um, I think that's where I came from, and all, and so which is why, like, at the end of the day, Dom and Wendell were able to be like, that was a good move, and I was also able to be like, yeah, like it was just a game, but you know, really just, uh, we are great friends now after the game, and I uh, wanted to make sure that I never did anything that would actually hurt somebody's character. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned Dom. Uh, on the show, at some point, you had kind of compared him, or you mentioned him in, in terms of Russell Hance. Uh, not really a compliment when it comes to the game of Survivor, or was it meant to be? <laughs> uh, a little bit of a compliment, but mostly uh, uh, a warning sign to my Mavolo 4 allies. You know, I mean, it was quite obvious that he was, uh, even just at pregame, without speaking a single word with him, I knew that he was going to be a schemer, a hustler. The kind of guy that just like finds an idol in the middle of the night, which mm-hmm. was very impressive. Um, I hope, I wish I had done that. <laughs> and so it was kind of like a watch out for this guy. He's not to be trusted uh, type of uh, comparison. Uh, but I, I will say, like, Dominic is actually a very likable guy. And so his game never had any kind of like vitriol or like the mm-hmm. kind of like the asshole aspect of it. Like, he's a great dude, a family man, and we've hung out a lot uh, here in New York City. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, you're, uh, had you made the merge, you know, ha- had things kind of worked out in your favor and you would, you would have reached the merge, uh, who, like, what would, what was your kind of long-term plan in the game? Uh, who were the people, cause you also got to play the game with a number of different people having, you know, switched tribes and things like that. Who were the people that you really thought were dangers, uh, to your own game in terms of people that could actually win? Uh, oh, it's dangerous. I mean, honestly, the thing is, we were at a phase of the game where we weren't too much thinking about, like, final threes or potential winner threats. But I think what I – so in terms of a roadmap, my thought was, let's get to the merge, and hopefully I'll be reunited with my mobile allies like Dawson, Laurel, and, and Libby, and then exploit the Navidi Civil War as much as I can, right? So, like, have Chris and Dom just go at it and exploit that division to kind of, like, pass through and make Chris and Dom, like, my shield. That was kind of, like, my plan. And obviously, I wanted to take my allies deep, but I also knew deep inside that if I sat next to Darth, then I will get destroyed by him. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, uh, sadly, it was, uh, I, left the, I left the game at a point in time where I don't think we were thinking, like, like end, end game plans. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. You're, uh, I know that you also, um, you know, you're big on, I know you're big on like Twitter and social media and stuff like that. As far as like, you've been really active with fans and stuff like that. Talk about that part of the game. Like how, how fun has this been to kind of interact with people and watch the show unfold? Oh, it's been amazing. And the truth is, you know, I've been fairly warned by a lot of alumni as well. Like it can be a nasty place out there, Mm -hmm. but I was honestly surprised by just how much support I got. You know, there were some haters out there, but it was a, a you know, like a minimal mm-hmm. portion of the fan base. And I just got so many messages of 
support and respect from fans and really felt great to just be like, I'm now a person that people can watch and screen and either relate to or respect and feel good about. And it's just, it's been a, a great journey. It's been a lot of fun and I hope to, uh, not let it go. You know, I may be out of the game, but <laughs> you will probably see me uh, tweeting and stuff like that. <laughs> now, you, in this last episode again, you know, you, Angela seemed to kind of be your only way in as far as, you know, if you could have gotten her to flip and, and vote with you and Michael. Uh, do you think that there was any traction there? Do you feel like you were close to, like, do you think that she actually, uh, you know, debated it in her mind which way to go, or do you think that it was a pretty solid done deal uh, for you? No, no, I think so, because, I mean, if if I didn't get a good read from Angela, I would have probably come up with another plan or something like that, like a crazy scramble move. But, you know, Angela and I wasn't shown much, but not only on the VB 2.0, but also Malolo 3.0, we had some really deep conversations. And I, I'm particularly, I'm one of the few people that Angela really opened up to in terms of her service and her her family situation, her divorce, and what, you know, like this really means to her. And we had an amazing moment like that on day 16 and 17. And that's why when I pitched to Angela, like, this is my plan. And, you know, I, like, I, we saved you. And if you repay the debt, you know, we can go deep and I will never write your name down. You know, I, I made a pretty good pitch to her and she seemed moved by it. And she, that's the uh, impression that I got, which is why um, you know, I walked in hoping that maybe, just maybe, this would work out. Okay, and my last question for you is, uh, you talked to, you mentioned last night uh, to Probst about like a phase of the game, like you you had kind of gotten through the first phase of the game. Um, what parts of Survivor, obviously everybody wants to win and, and have the full Survivor experience, but is there one part of the game that really irks you that you didn't get to uh, be a part of or that you were looking forward to being a part of that you didn't really get to experience? Uh, it's, you know, we missed out, I've missed out on so much, like it's hard to pick one, you know, like uh, having getting to battle for individual immunities, like, or just uh, you know being a part of that post-merge scramble for strategy, being a part of Finals Tribal Council, mm-hmm. the loved ones visit, you know, like it was one of my dreams to have my dad come out and visit and to really tell kind of like my unique family story to America. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. At the end of the day, you know, uh, that was a big theme at Ponderosa for us and on the trip too. Like, wow, like right now they're there playing the game still and going to tribal, mm-hmm. battling for immunity, seeing their loved ones. And uh, it'll probably be a lingering sense in my mind that I missed out on like a big part of Survivor. And that hurts. Well, James, again, I was a fan of yours and I was sorry to see you go, man. Uh, but best of luck to you moving forward. And uh, we will hope to see from you in the future. Absolutely. It was great talking to you. Take hey, man, care. thanks. Thanks a lot. appreciate that. Take care. Okay, so there you have it. That's my interview with James Lim. I apologize for some of that audio difficulty. The feed that I got through for the uh, the interview uh, wasn't the best, so it kind of got digital there and here and there. So hopefully you can still make it out what he was saying. I think you can, uh, just not the normal quality that we would uh, strive for here. But anyway, hopefully that worked out for everybody. So there's that. We're moving on. We're kind of over the hump. Usually Survivor is about 13 episodes, so we're heading into uh, episode 7 next week, which means that we're going to be just over halfway through the season. Looks to me like it's not the merge based on the preview for next week, so we're probably going to they're probably going to explore these dynamics a little bit more, you know, with the tribes of 5. Uh, but I would be surprised if we don't get the merge the next week. So we have that to look forward to. Looks like uh, some cracks are starting to form too. Uh, what is it? Dom looked like he was uh, 
you know, starting to separate with Bradley, where it looked for a minute like they had kind of rekindled and rebonded, and uh, all kinds of stuff going on. So we'll have to kind of just see where the show goes. Again, the Legacy Advantage still not in play next week, but it should be the following week after that. Uh, so there is Survivor. What is everybody thinking of the show? Uh, I feel the people I've talked to kind of have the same sense of the Ghost Island. They're not really happy with the way that the island has played into the game. Uh, that's definitely how I feel. I've been very vocal about that. But uh, I'm wondering if anybody out there still kind of likes it or still has hope that it will uh, impact the game in a meaningful way. I think it's done, though. I mean, I think, again, halfway through the season, we're almost all, we're almost to the merge and the thing hasn't even really come into play at all. Uh, I think it's kind of a letdown to me. That being said, I kind of like the show this season, but the last couple weeks I feel like I've, I, I can't help but feel like there's a little bit of steam that has come out, just in the sense of the predictability of, of the episodes. Uh, and the idea is, you know, when there are chances for the game to get interesting like there was this week with the three tribes, the formation of the three tribes, it's a little disappointing when the split doesn't, you know, produce fruit in terms of some unique or good uh, combinations of characters. So, you know, getting the 3-2 split on each of the three tribes is probably not ideal. It would have been nice to see one of the, you know, purple tribe people, you know, having to scramble on a tribe full of Malolo people. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. And right now, if, you're, uh, if you were originally a purple triber, uh, you're probably in better shape in this game and have a better chance of winning than you do if you're orange. We'll have to see how it plays out, and uh, that's the fun of Survivor. It's still better than anything on television. Uh, anyway, speaking of that, speaking of television, uh, some other news here I want to share with everybody. Uh, as people may know, I'm a, I'm a film critic. Uh, don't turn the podcast off yet. I know the Survivor people sometimes, uh, they're not interested in the movie thing. But hey, everybody watches movies. This week there's a huge movie coming out, Ready Player One. But I want to tell people, you know, I'm a, I'm a film critic for Access.com. Uh, I'm also on television in Detroit uh, on Fox 2. Uh, every week there's a half-hour show called Critic Lee Speaking. That's with the host Lee Thomas, who's a awesome uh, longtime TV personality in the Detroit area, Lee Thomas. So the show is Critic Lee like his name, Lee Thomas, so critically speaking. Uh, that show's on every week, and it's also on Facebook, so people who do not live in Detroit can still check the show out, and it's universal. I mean, we, we talk about movie news, and uh, we do reviews and stuff like that. So the new news that I have, uh, the new announcement that I have, is that there's another show that I'm going to be involved with, another show. It's going to be in syndication, and it's also going to be online, and it's called Movie Show Plus. This is a half-hour show. That's produced by another Detroit area critic. His name is Greg Russell. Uh, I'm actually, my company, I do video production. Believe it or not, my company is Complete Video Solutions. I have so many things going on, it's crazy. People can't keep it straight. Neither can I, so don't feel bad. Anyway, my company is going to be producing Movie Show Plus. I just got that announcement coming in. And the show is going to premiere on April 7th. It's going to be on TV here in the Detroit area and uh, it'll be online as well. So I'm hoping that my Survivor fans, my people that like me uh, and follow my stuff on Survivor and on Reality T uh, and on Access and on Fox uh, will join me over at Movie Show Plus. The website right now is movieshowplus.com. We're going to be updating it soon with uh, some new things. But the show is basically, uh, it's going to be all about movies. 
yes, it's going to have some reviews and some features and some things like that. Uh, but also, Greg Russell gets uh, A-list interviews. Uh, he's uh, a member of the press junkets that go on for every single movie. So he's out in L.A. constantly. They send him overseas. You know, he's interviewing people like you know Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, Oprah Winfrey. So he's going to be bringing those interviews onto the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to, again, it's all movie-related, movie-based, and uh, I'm hoping that people will check it out as we get it going and as, as it continues on. So there's that. Uh, movie Show Plus. Check it out, movieshowplus.com. So that's, that's it for this week, everybody. I appreciate you for listening and for following and for supporting. Uh, again, my name is Tom Santilli. You can follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. This has been the Film Survivor Podcast for this week, and we will be back next week, next Thursday, everybody. Another episode coming at you with the latest person voted off of Survivor Ghost Island. Uh, There you have it. Everybody have a good week. Happy opening day. Here in Detroit, it got rained out, which kind of sucks, but hopefully everybody else is having a good opening day, and hopefully the Tigers are like maybe 4-1, 3-2 I'll take even by next Thursday. That'd be cool. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye.